So we're in the middle of a sermon series called We the Church. And I just felt God calling us to the idea that we have a new leadership, we have a transition coming up in uh, leadership of the pastor position. And it felt like God calling me to help us understand where He's calling us as Living Hope Missionary Church and dig into some of these particular um, people that are serving and particular things that we are doing to come closer to God. And the anchor verse that he gave me was Matthew chapter 18, verse 20, where Jesus said, where two or three are gathered in my name, there am I with them. That should give us some assurance as a church, right? In anything he calls us to do, if we are meeting with someone in his name, he is there with us. And then I've also been reminding you that there is a precondition. If you desire to get anything out of this sermon series, something that you can apply to your life, that precondition is that there needs to be a longing in your heart to experience more of what God has in store for you and what He has in store for this church and what He has in store for our community. If you have that longing in your heart that you really want to know what God has in store, you will surely get some things out of these messages to apply to your life. So we started out looking at the eldership in the church. Then we had a great Sunday where we celebrated together new memberships into the church here at Living Hope. And last week we looked at holistic small groups. Today, I want to focus on spiritual gift-based ministries. Spiritual gift-based ministries. So in your notes, in your handout, if you grabbed one, it'll say that if you really want to understand the spiritual gifts, it's talked about several times in the New Testament. In, uh, in the New Testament, in Romans chapter 12, in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, and Ephesians chapter 4. And I would recommend that sometime this week you sit down with God and open up the scriptures to those chapters and just read them and reflect on what we talk about today. And see if God isn't calling you to something special in his body, in the church. So I want to start out by reading the first 12 verses of 1 Corinthians chapter 12. In the Pew Bible, it'll be 1783, page number 1783. The first 12 verses of chapter 12. Now about the gifts of the Spirit, brothers and sisters, I do not want you to be uninformed. You know that when you were pagans, somehow or other, you were influenced and led astray by mute idols. Therefore, I want you to know that no one who is speaking by the Spirit of God says, Jesus, be cursed. And no one can say, 
Jesus is Lord, except by the Holy Spirit. There are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit distributes them. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but in all of them, and in every one, it is the same God at work. Now to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. To one, there is given through the Spirit a message of wisdom. To another, a message of knowledge by means of the same Spirit. To another, faith by that same Spirit. To another, gifts of healing by that one Spirit. To another, miraculous powers. To another, prophecy. To another, distinguishing between spirits. To another, speaking in different kinds of tongues. And to still another, the interpretation of tongues. All of these, all of these, are the work of one and the same Spirit. And He distributes them to each one just as He determines just as a body though one has many parts but all its many parts form one body so it is with Christ now that's really amazing when you think about it Brian come on up here um, I asked Brian to come and share a little bit about his understanding of spiritual gifts because I, I think what I would call that I think most people could understand is that Brian had an aha moment this last year about spiritual gifts. And so I want him to just have an opportunity to share with you that aha moment. So if you would start with that. Maybe, maybe a revelation. Um, yes, we'll some, some people call that aha. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. They were ahas, uh-huh. uh, which really probably started with just being obedient um, to what Alan asked us to do. So Alan had asked us, uh, I don't know what it was, um, to do a spiritual gifts test, which I had done before, uh, which several in here had done them before. And I was like, eh, I'll do it. I'm not sure it's going to make any difference, but I'll do it out of just by being obedient. Um, and there was no surprises in there. There was, uh, I shouldn't say that, there was probably a little bit of a surprise in there. Um, I pretty much knew what they were, but the one that showed up on my list that was a surprise was prophecy, uh, which made me kind of dig into what that meant, and I had, a, I had a wrong definition of what it meant, which was why I was surprised. So after doing some of my own research, I realized, okay, maybe that is me. Um, but then the aha part came uh, as we were um, digging into pastor search team and what, what spiritual gifts would we want our next pastor to have. Because I believe that gifts should be complementary. And, you know, it's really easy to say, well, hey, I, wanna, I want someone who has a gift of teaching or I want someone who has a gift of whatever, uh, fill in the blank. You have to look at what the congregation has. 
And if you already have a high level of people who can have the gift of teaching, then maybe that's not what another, the next pastor who is also an elder needs to have. So I asked Rob and I said, hey, can you give me all the spiritual gifts tests that were completed? Because I want to put them in a nice little Excel sheet because uh, that's how I live. Um, and <laughs> do you have the gift of administration? I do have the gift like of administration. Okay. Surprise, surprise. <laughs> um, and so I could see kind of what was the recurring, reoccurring themes. And she goes, well, I have 12. Then I was just upset that only 12 did it. Um, so I, I logged the 12 and got those figured out. And then I went on a mission to get how many more I could get filled out. And we'd hear the, oh, I've done that before. Or, no, I, don't, I can't do ministry anymore. I'm, I'm past that. And really, it's just, no, everybody needs to know. And what I, what I realized, and this is where the aha came, is the first time, in my recollection anyway, this is the first time that we actually selected board can or leadership team candidates based on what their spiritual gifts test was. And you know, even a year ago, we asked somebody to be a trustee or facilities person because we thought they fit the bill. They were male, which you don't have to be a male, but they were male. <laughs> Based on their job, we felt they were mechanically inclined, and there was something else in there. But when you look at their spiritual gifts tests, they're not a facilities person. Craftsmanship's not in their top. Um, administration's not in their top. And you start looking into it, it's like, well, why would we ever ask them to do that? It's not their giftedness. And the reason why it becomes important for me um, and actually brought this up in uh, one of our interviews this week, is I believe if you're in, and I've always felt this, this was not an aha moment. I, I think the Lord revealed this to me a long time ago. But if you're in the middle of your giftedness, so if you're doing the things that, using the gifts that God created you to do, you won't grow tired doing it. You won't grow weary. You won't feel like you're a workaholic. You just, you'll just enjoy doing it, which goes to a verse in Ecclesiastes is one of my favorites, and Brian's translation is, is basically when you can enjoy the toils of your labor, which is a result of sin, but God will allow you to enjoy that, it's a gift from God. And there is no toils in your labor if you're doing, using the gifts that God created you to do. So for me, it's craftsmanship, it's working with my hands, it's administration, um, got some leadership sprinkled in there, some prophecy, and giving. And when we looked at the church as a whole, the top three recurring themes were faith, giving, helps, and service. The gifts of leadership was pretty down far on the list. And not only was the gift of apostleship not in anybody's top three, we did end up getting close to 20, 20 or 25, I think, completed. Um, so I feel like we do have a pretty good understanding of the congregation as a whole. But then you get to the gifts of apostleship, and not only was it not in there, it was in everybody's bottom third. So it's just like non-existent. And we start thinking about community and the church going out and those things. That's where that gift of apostleship comes in. So it became very important. We, we spent almost a whole night about that gift at one of the pastoral search teams. Should it be in there or should it not be in there? Um, and we didn't technically put it in there, but we kind of got it in there through another avenue. Um, so <laughs> we didn't change the gifts, but we added some other language about that kind of leads that direction. Um, so it's just that getting everybody to realize that. And one of the things, and I look at my own personal why, I love helping people figure out 
those gifts and getting them in spots that they feel they feel fulfilled. They're, they're doing what God created them to do each and every day, uh, which ultimately fills them up. And I do believe you won't grow weary of it. Um, so that was the aha. All right, cool. So you did answer everything that I had written down here, but I thought, thought of something else oh, as good. you were talking. <laughs> so you said the pastor search team did this for the um, new pastor. So um, I think I mentioned last week to everybody that we're down to two finalists. Um, what do they have in common that you were searching for that that we we may need here at the church? Yes, and I want to. That might have help people understand. Memory. Um, so we went through uh, the search team. Did not like me for this. I have, to, I have an exercise we do at work. When you have characteristics, in this case, it's going to be spiritual gifts. You have to force rank it. So you have to say, okay, what four spiritual gifts do they have to have? What five spiritual gifts would we like them to have? And what four spiritual gifts don't we care about? And it may sound easy, but you have to, you can't, you have to have four, five, four. You can't have five, four, four. You can't have six. And it, get, it just makes you choose because nobody's going to have all of them. It's just impossible. So you have to sit there and think through what is it we want them to have. So we did that. We came up with the four. Um, I guess you don't need to talk yeah. about what those were specifically, yeah, so, but you did mention that we don't have apostleship here and we don't right. have evangelism. Do these pastors reflect? Um, one has evangelism. Like okay. Neither one have apostleship. Um, what about the characteristics of that? Yes, gift? they both have the characteristics of apostleship. So, which is could really you from explain a to them what a, yeah, yeah. what the so a business standpoint? It's, a, it's an entrepreneur, which was a new word for some on the search team. It's the people who are willing to start new things. And they'll take criticism, they'll take all that. They'll just, they will, they have the, the ability to see what needs to be created or what needs to start anew. And they have the discernment, the passion, the perseverance, the patience in some case, to, to do those things. And a lot of people say, well, apostleship is a new church. Well, no, not necessarily necessarily needs to be a new church, although there is some of this whole process that we have looked at it as, it is, it's, treat it like a church plant type thing. Look at all the new homes and the community, but it is also new ministries, and it's new ministries outside the church. Um, you look at this, doing the small group ministry, that's going to take someone with some of that mentality to do that, because the problem is you don't want, when you hit your first bump in the road, the gift of apostleship will get them to persevere past the bump in the road. Um, people who may not have that gift or are wired that way, they'll just quit. I got my first bump or I got my first, ran into my first roadblock, whatever the case is, they'll just, they'll just quit. And I believe if you start a ministry, you know, I've, I've said this before, we're really good about seeking God's permission and guidance on starting a new ministry. Sometimes we don't ask for his guidance when we want to quit. We just quit. And I don't think God, I mean, it's not going to be easy. So anyway, that apostleship is that kind of that creating the anew, yeah. um, which really became evident. So another one of the ahas is I looked at everybody's, looked at the gifts in general and look at the, the uh, faith, giving, helps, and service. It made me realize, and then leadership really, really low, made me realize this is why this church does great at love offerings when a missionary is here. That's why a church of this size was able to do a 32-foot bridge project in Johnson City, Tennessee. Um, 
This is why, because there's a, a vision painted of what we're trying to do, and everybody wants to be a part and help, they just don't know what to be a part and help with. So this is why we, when we can paint a project, this is why the giving tree, this is why all that stuff goes so well because it creates, it may be on a smaller scale, but it creates a vision and a purpose for people to get behind and they want to participate. That's the, where the giving and the help and service comes in. That's why we have a good turnout for a work day. It's why we probably had great turnouts when we added on the building. That's why the bridge, all those things comes back to that. So if you can put someone in, uh, if we can have a higher level of concentration or higher level of uh, access or what you want to call it, if we can bring up the leadership part, the congregation, I believe, will get behind that um, because that's where their gifts are at. So that's going back to, you know, you're not sure you want a pastoral candidate that has their top three gifts being faith, gifts, and helps and service because the congregation's already there on that. The congregation's already there on high on knowledge, high on teaching. Um, so. All right. So I feel kind of confident, and you can mm -hmm. go against me if you want, but <laughs> both, both of these top candidates kind of fit that bill then, what you were looking for. Yes. Okay. They all, yeah. That's they what makes it difficult right. for tomorrow, right? And it, it also. Um, <laughs> Yeah, they're really, really close. And, you know, out of the top five, these two were the closest fit. Again, they're not, they're not going to hit all the top four. Right. But right. they're the top four, and some of the next layer sprinkled in there, and kind of look at all that together. But, yeah. All right, cool. Thank you. Really appreciate it. All right. So I'm going to stay on spiritual gifts, but I'm going to kind of switch gears. And I'm going to ask you a question to get you thinking. How does the Holy Spirit speak to Living Hope Missionary Church? When I pose a similar question to my Christian friends, answers are kind of slow coming back to me because they start thinking, okay, What's Pastor Allen trying to trick me into now? But how does the Holy Spirit speak to a church? I hear things like, uh, through the pastor, um, from God's Word. And sometimes people will suggest to me that God speaks to the church through dreams or circumstances. But mostly, because of the awkward pauses between answers, I have come to the conclusion that believers rarely stop to consider how does the Holy Spirit speak to this church? Their answers to my question have validity to some degree, each one of them. But they all overlook the main method that God created to enable churches to discern what His good pleasing, and perfect will is for his church. I have preached on spiritual gifts from this chapter in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 to this church before. But today I want to look at it a little bit differently with a new perspective. Let me suggest to you that God's main mechanism for communicating to Living Hope Missionary Church of Dunphy is through the interplay of the spiritual gifts that he has put right here 
in our midst. In verses 3 through 7, we catch a glimpse of how the Holy Spirit speaks to the church. He distributes spiritual gifts to believers in every church as he determines. It is a spiritual gift-based approach to ministry within the church that Brian just shared with us. But we were focusing on the work, not the listening to God. If God intends churches to discern his leading through the interplay of spiritual gifts, I believe that there are three um, things that we need to look at, three biblical assumptions that will help us understand this. First of all, a gift orientation of church ministry assumes that God has placed particular people with particular spiritual gifts in this particular church to participate fully in this particular ministry. You'll get that from 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 7, and Ephesians chapter 4, verses 15 and 16 that you'll read later this week. Second, spiritual gift-based ministry assumes that the same Holy Spirit, you heard me say that a lot when I was reading 1 Corinthians chapter 12, the first 12 verses, the same Holy Spirit speaks through people with different spiritual gifts. Hmm. And then the third thing that Living Hope Missionary Church of Dunfee can recognize, they can recognize when we are hearing from the Holy Spirit, when a message or a decision resonates with all the variously gifted members. In other words, there is a unity of spirit. Our spirits with God's spirit. I've mentioned this message a few times to different people on different occasions about different things that were coming up this week. But one of the, one of the ideas that was brought up is that's exactly what we did with a name change. It wasn't my idea, but someone spoke up because they felt God was speaking to them about changing the name of Dunphy Missionary Church to Living Hope Missionary Church of Dunphy. And the leadership team listened to everybody, realizing that there was value from everybody. Everybody's gifted differently, but God speaks, the same Spirit speaks to each individual, so we need to hear different perspectives. And at that meeting, it was interesting because I was really neither for nor against changing the name. I can just tell you before I came, when I heard of Dunphy Missionary Church, I wondered what a Dunphy was and how that related to the Bible. But that's okay if that's who you are. And we listened to everybody during that meeting and we weren't making any progress. And someone said, let's just all promise each other to pray about it for a month until we come back at the next meeting. And I've got experiences in meetings. And when people say that, typically, my experience is nothing is going to get done. 
You come back to the next meeting, and everybody's like, oh, well, yeah, you know, I didn't think much about it. But this church prayed about it. And when they came back, they even came up with the new name because they were listening to God's still, quiet voice. And then at the business meeting at the end of the year, it was not a business meeting. It was a meeting where God's presence was here and there was unity of spirit. So he was speaking to us. In 1 Corinthians chapter 12, Paul plainly sets out the analogy of a functioning body. And it's this functioning body that we typically think about when we think about the importance of spiritual gifts. The principles of gift-based ministry seem to hide in very plain sight right here within Scripture. I remember when I first discovered spiritual gifts as a pastor, and I thought, this is the answer to the church. I had an aha moment, a revelation. Our church needs to understand what their spiritual gifts are. and We put a lot of emphasis in it, and I, my story was not much different than Brian's. But I have also now come to believe that the Holy Spirit is actually speaking to us through these spiritual gifts. Not just putting us together to work, but actually speaking to us. The problem with many churches, and it was the same way here at Dunphy when I got here, is that many churches embrace the spirit of American culture and business model management. Doggone it, we're going to get this done because it's the right thing to do. Good people trying to do the right thing through the power of their management skills. It was no different with my ministry early on. If we allow this culture to just hang like a dense fog, it engulfs and, and, and causes us to not even be able to function the way that God calls us to do, to do. I need to remind you of verse 2 in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. He said, remember when you were pagans? He's basically saying, don't do that anymore. This is how I put you together. This is how I am speaking to you. Our well-meaning brothers and sisters approached ministry of the church like a business planning session, a decision-making process based on their best knowledge and experience. Notice how I said based on their best knowledge and experience. We wanted to hear from God, but we didn't know how to listen. So the church just limps along, reflecting practical solutions which may have worked in the past. Sometimes we default to programs that are being suggested to us from well-known church pundits and we lean on our own personal knowledge and it falls so short of God's spiritual gift-based model of ministry right here in the Scripture. Earlier in last year when I first preached about spiritual gifts, I explained how it's like a cart with square wheels. Remember? People getting behind this cart with square wheels and trying to push it, and then it goes in the ditch, and then we need to push it out of there. It just falls so far short of what God has intended for us. Our own personal efforts impede hearing God's Spirit when we push that cart with square wheels. I remember 
early on when I got here and I told Brian, and this was between him and I, but we've come a long way now. And I said, Brian, do you feel like you're trying to manage something and it just isn't working? And he said, yeah. And I said, it's time for you to quit. Quit doing that. He was talking about quitting the church and finding a different church that God might be calling him to. But I said, just stop, step back, and watch in awe what God will do if you will allow him and seek his still, quiet voice. And that's what we've been doing during this last year. And that's why we are where we are now. We are ready for the next senior pastor. Today, let us consider using our spiritual gifts to foster an ear to hear the voice of God. It happens through healthy spiritual gift-based approach to church ministry. So if there are any here that don't know your spiritual gifts or that do know your spiritual gifts but you have not shared them, share them. Call Robin. Drop a note on her desk. Send her an email. We need to know what those are so we can listen to God's voice. Yes, through you too. So number one, for being able to hear God's voice through spiritual gift-based ministry is being willing to listen. We need to be willing to listen to all the spiritual gifts that God has placed in our fellowship. This is the way that the Holy Spirit speaks to Living Hope Missionary Church. So I said about the name change. Also, People have been really concentrating, especially the pastor search team, on how do we hear a unity of spirit. I would suggest to you these five things that God had given me already to talk about how to hear his voice is what needs to be practiced as the pastor search team gathers together. In some churches, there are some gifts that will hog the limelight. It's just their nature as that person has a strong spiritual gift. And the Bible warns us in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 22 to 24. I did not read that far. I recommend you read that far. It's, it says this happens when the whole body begins to look like an eye. Or the whole body begins to look like an ear. Sometimes this person is referred to as the power broker in the church. Everybody is just waiting to see what this one person has to say. And this one one person wants to say it loud. If a church tends to idolize teachers or pastors or the worship team, or there's a fixation on a particular kind of a ministry, then that church may not be listening to the gifts of the local body. The church may be giving in to a controlling spirit exercised by one or more of the members. That should cause you to kind of feel like, ooh. Verse 10 says, Some people are gifted to distinguish between the spirits. So we need to listen to that person too. They may say, hey, I'm feeling a hint of a couple different spirits here. 
And these gifts and this voice should be coming from one Holy Spirit. We must listen to the clear message of the Holy Spirit. All gifts of the body must be honored and listened to. Overly responsible and overly controlling believers that dominate the body need to reevaluate their roles. During this past year, the Holy Spirit has been clear. I heard many of you say that our solemn assembly in mid-July last year was a turning point for a healing within the church. It was only after that solemn assembly that people really started to get the idea that we need to have healthy spiritual gifts. We need that spiritual gift-based model of ministry to gain traction in our church. And some spiritual gifts are naturally quieter than others. Yet they often hold the key to success to God's kingdom. Those with naturally quiet spiritual gifts may need to have some encouragement to speak up. They're going to sit there with their mouth closed. And we need to be willing to listen. Like I described about the leadership team with the name change. Max was the chairman and he made sure everybody had an opportunity to speak. And those with naturally quiet gifts need to be encouraged sometimes. For example, the spiritual gift of wisdom. Man, where would we be if we wanted to hear God's voice and we just dropped out wisdom? But the person with the spiritual gift of wisdom will rarely speak up because they will sense from their wisdom they're gonna, that they might be stomped on if they speak up. Similarly, the, the gift of discernment will seldom pipe up if it, if it discerns that the advice that they feel God speaking to them about is going to fall in deaf ears. Is Living Hope Missionary Church safe enough for all the gifts to operate? We must make sure this is a safe place for believers to speak if we want to hear what the Holy Spirit is telling us as a church. The second point is to allow for healthy tension. Oh, some people are like, ah, I don't want tension. But we need to voice interpreting tension, or we need to avoid interpreting tension between spiritual gifts as opposition. It's, that's not the case. You know, we are described as a body of Christ. And the, the muscles in the body will quickly atrophy. That means wither away if there is no tension in your body. The same is true in the body of Christ. We become stronger when there is some tension. There should be tension between the perspectives of those with different spiritual gifts. Let me give you a couple examples. Someone with the gift of administration is going to view a large expenditure in a much different way than a person with a gift of faith. A person with a gift of faith that says, spend that money and watch God. And the gift of administration is going to say, 
we need to hold on to our money for a rainy day. So we have a tension that we need to discern God's voice in. A problem arises when tension or opposition is responded to in the flesh. Our flesh says, win at all cost. Or if you're not the one that says win at all cost, you say, get away from here. No conflict in the church. We need to realize that the Holy Spirit will sound different when it's expressed through different spiritual gifts. This is the way Jesus designed his body to function. In verse 11, he said, All these are the work of the one and the same Spirit, and he gives them to each one just as he determines. Number three, when we're using spiritual gifts to hear the voice of God, we also need to find comfort at the foot of the cross. We each need to be willing to lay our spiritual gifts perspective at the feet of the cross. Make sure it's heard. But part of resolving healthy tension within the body requires a spiritual maturity to submit your gift's perspective to the Lord. And it's especially true when your perspective is indeed heard, but it seems way out of sync with the rest of the body. On the other hand, what good would a gift like prophecy be if it was always deferred to the group's opinion? Every believer needs a little bit of discernment. No matter what your spiritual gift is, discernment is needed to sense when it is time to speak up and when it is time to defer to the wisdom of the group for the unity of the Spirit, when it is time to defer and put your gift at the feet of Jesus. It's His body and it's His will that must be done. The fourth thing I think we need to think about as we use our spiritual gifts to hear God's voice is to allow love to prevail. Allow love to prevail. Do not get tricked into being right. Seeing the issue only through your spiritual gifts perspective. On the one hand, or... I'm sorry, our own hard-headedness, and we could say that's one hand, <laughs> comes at the expense of love in our church. I believe the Holy Spirit had a good reason to put chapter 13 in 1 Corinthians right behind chapter 12. Chapter 12 is about the gifts. Chapter 13 is about love. And in chapter 13, it says, Without love... Church leaders are going to start sounding like resounding gongs and clanging cymbals. That's the perfect example of dissonance between spiritual gifts, not unity. Love gives us the endurance to work through tension, turning dissonance into resonance, turning faith into sight, 
living hope will be fulfilled and love will endure forever. The fifth point is that we need to wait on the Lord. If all else fails, wait on the Lord. If our strategic plan for ministry does not strike a unifying chord among our various gifted membership, then we must be willing to back off and pray individually and pray corporately about our decisions. A lack of harmony among believers in the church may be a sign that we have not yet fully grasped the Holy Spirit's leading. Are we hearing God's voice through the Holy Spirit speak to Living Hope Missionary Church? Or are we still seeking God's direction through dreams and circumstances? At the end of last year, like I already said, that business meeting, I felt so good about because when we called the business meeting, I thought, why are we calling it a business meeting? But it was such a spiritual moment for me to sit in the back and just watch you guys all function as the body of Christ. And to share, there was sharing going on, there was discernment and good decisions being made through God's will. We need to be careful not to work our agenda ahead of God's. This is not about a business plan. This is about God's perfect plan. It's better to wait until we have harmony among our leaders, among our membership, among the groups that are making decisions than to move forward without a clear leading from Jesus. And like I said, my natural intention is to think, wow, we're not ever going to get anywhere. But if we truly seek God's will, His good, pleasing, and perfect will, and we pray, we will get somewhere. And it'll be better than anything any individual could think. So in summary, each and every one of us make up, makes up we the church. We the church can only function in God's good, pleasing, and perfect will if we understand our unique spiritual gift. God has placed particular people with particular spiritual gifts in this particular church to fulfill particular roles. And each of you are a particular person. We need to listen. Listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit through the spiritual giftedness that He provides to each member of the body. Spiritual gift-based ministry assumes the same Holy Spirit speaks through people with different spiritual gifts. And third, to be able to walk in God's good, pleasing, and perfect will, we need to function as we the church through the spiritual gift-based ministry. Living Hope Missionary Church of Dunphy can recognize when it is hearing the Holy Spirit when a message or a decision resonates with all the variously gifted members of the church. Praise be to God when we reach that point. Let's pray. Most gracious Heavenly Father, we just thank you 
Thank you for calling us as particular people into this particular congregation with the particular gift that you gave each one of us. Help us to identify what that is. And as Brian said, as we function in our giftedness, it is not toil. It is fun to walk with you. You want to have fellowship with us. You've gifted us to have fellowship with us. Help us to identify that so we can walk with you daily. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.